What's up, Closers? Dominic Cominati here with Grass University. Got an amazing podcast here for you today. This is episode seven of our Yes, I Am a Closer podcast. As everybody knows, it's the goal of our podcast to bring the brightest minds, not only in the business world, entrepreneurship, sales, but also personal health and wellness. And I'm very excited about the guest in our podcast here today. He's actually a very close friend of mine. I've had the privilege of working with this gentleman for many years. Not only is this guy a successful entrepreneur and co-owner of a company called Carbon World Health, which is one of the, the most renowned sports medicine, personal health and wellness businesses in the state of Wisconsin, soon to be going nationwide. Also, this gentleman is a doctor at Watertown Regional Medical Center. So I'm pleased to welcome to our podcast here, episode seven, Mr. Dr. Nestor Rodriguez. Thank you, Nestor, for joining us here today. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me, Dominic. It's exciting to see you uh, in the podcast and to actually participate with you in, in kind of the business aspect to try to inspire folks. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. You know, uh, as the world continues to, to deal with this pandemic, I think it's, it's really, really important that we get insight from individuals like yourself that are not only trying to run businesses successfully, but also navigating the virus in terms of taking care of yourself how to stay healthy, how to protect your family. There's so many layers to your story I want to talk about in this podcast. And one thing that, uh, that I mentioned to a lot of people is Nestor Rodriguez is one of the hardest working individuals I've ever met in my life. <laughs> and I want to kind of get at the root of that, Nestor. So kind of start at the very beginning, even going back to your childhood, I guess, you know, your upbringing, where you were brought up, the location, it wasn't necessarily typically where doctors come out of. It wasn't necessarily see a lot of successful entrepreneurs. So let's talk a little bit about some of the challenges you face and how you were able to have that drive and that why factor that the why before you fly to pursue your dream of becoming a doctor. So I was actually born in El Salvador um, in 1980 when there was a civil war going on in Central America. And so in that childhood, my mom left as a refugee to South Central Los Angeles. So for my first five, six years, I grew up with my grandparents. They didn't actually know my mom mm -hmm. um, until around that time, they were actually getting young kids and they recruited them, whether you're going to go to the guerrilla uh, welfare, warfare or you're going to go to the government army and kind of what side are you on in terms of the communist um, government fight at the time. Mm -hmm. So my grandparents made it an effort to to get me to the States, get me to know my mom. The, that journey itself, I, I had no idea who this lady was. I mean, I remember she was crying. She was like, this is my son. He doesn't understand who I am. And truthfully, as a child, you know, when, when they leave you as a baby, you, you don't have any of those reflections. It's not like you can just spark something up. Um, in El Salvador, you know, my, my grandparents, no education, they did what they could, but you never felt anything, right? So. Uh, it started getting weird where you're a six-year-old and you shouldn't have a tank coming in down the streets because you have a curfew and you're like, what, what is this? These are tanks that I normally play with, not that I should fear them now and be at the house. And so I always tell people I left one civil war for another. I thought I was like, oh, sweet. Hey, they took me to Disneyland a couple of times. That's how my mom, I think, finally got me to stay. They're like, yeah, I'll take you to Disneyland every week, though it didn't turn out to be that way. But I was like, I'll believe you. I'll stay here. Um, so moved to South Central LA where during the 80s and 90s, if you recall, there was a lot of racial tension. So um, I, always, I always speak pretty blunt about this stuff because the more comfortable you speak about it, the more truthful. I think it's the more that you can learn from it. So during that time, it was literally 
uh, African Americans, Black people versus Latino or Latin American immigrants, and we kind of blamed uh, white folks, regardless of where they were or who they were. It, it, we associated them with the police, and you know, during that time, it was because you only saw them negatively. Um, you only saw them when you thought they were coming to arrest you. You thought they were coming to harass you. And truth be said, during that time, there was a lot of still low racial tensions where out of that came the Rodney King riots. Mm -hmm. Um, During that same time, too, being a Latina, one, being from another country, not speaking English, my mom being a 24-hour housekeeper um, for a lot of kind of rich and famous, I say, because she did have some pretty heavy hitters that she cleaned houses for. For me, you know, in the sense of like, now I think I'm like, oh my God, I'm successful. These are the next steps I have to take. It was me just to make it so that I can give back to my mom and, you know, have her not have to work and have her, um, you know, enjoy life in a way that a lot of people don't get the opportunity to do so. Um, so from there, it was, it was, you know, my mom was pretty strict. She, she said, hey, education, no matter what. Uh, I could tell you I was a cool kid on the street. You know, I, I was like going to be the next Messi. I love soccer. Um, like a lot of kids in the inner city, it's like sports, sports, sports. My mom would said, well, I will let you play sports if you keep your grades up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew she wasn't really joking around. And I thanked her for that because it took several years before I thought education or trying to improve myself was worth it. It, it was a matter of like, hey, I just got to deal with what I'm dealt. And this is enough. Let's just do the best out of it. Mm-hmm. Though she kind of kept pushing me like, no, this is not. Trust me, there's so much out there for you. Um, ironically, I went from a highly recruited soccer player having, I don't know, probably 20, 30 division one school scholarships to zero. Cause I got run over by a car. Um, I was actually crossing the street, um, uh, on our lunch break and a lady ran a red light and hit me and luckily be alive. I got thrown from sidewalk to sidewalk first thing, you know, you know, I'm not that tall. I'm like five, seven now. I want to say five, eight for the on the good days, but I, uh, you know, I remember waking up in the hospital and I, Hey, one, you're lucky you live Two, you'll never play soccer again. And three, sorry, you're going to be five, two for the rest of your life. Um, luckily then that's when I, because of all, all the hard work and, and the grades I had sustained, um, I actually went, to, I was still able to get to, uh, Ivy league school. I went to Yale university where, uh, you know, that opened my mind to a whole different world of what success means, what drive is, and the importance of surrounding yourself, but the importance of improving yourself before you try to help others or improve others. Yeah, you know, I recall you in conversations, you had mentioned even at a young age, you know, you'd have friends that would call you Doogie Hauser, and, mm-hmm. you know, almost in a way want to like keep you safe and protect you and, you know, say this isn't for you. I mean, I guess in terms of that whole relationship you had with your friends and your family, I guess. So from an early age, it sounds like in your mind, you felt you were destined for something more. And and it was, you know, at first you kind of, you have that urge or, you know, everyone has those high moments where you're like, you know, I can do better. Yeah. Um, And you get in these routes of, of people telling you, hey, you can't, or look where you're at, or it's impossible, or there's obstacles. I mean, there's always going to be obstacles, and don't get me wrong, there's systemic obstacles that to this day I'm trying to change. Um, but it was the, you can't. If you believe you can, you're going to do it. And therefore, when you spoke to people, I think 
people believe that I wanted to do it. Therefore, they wanted to help me. So when I, you know, uh, a lot of my relatives are in MS-13, um, which is the big El Salvadorian gang um, that people talk about, um, you know, they push me away. They're like, this is not for you. You can do better. Mm -hmm. And in order for people to tell you that, like in any walk of life, right, they have to believe in that. So you have to show whether it's effort, whether it's the way you speak, whether it's the drive, you have something, you have to get people to believe in you so that you can then go ahead and get those opportunities given to you or at least get help to to at least put your uh, first step into getting those opportunities. So for me, yeah, you know, I was, um, you know, I I was joking around. I, I said, it's my mom and I said, it's my drive. Everyone's like, no, there was something about you. And you kept seeing the best in bad situations and that's why we thought hey you are going to make it therefore let's not add to the to the, the stack of cards that you already have been dealt with so yeah no truly incredible story and you definitely need to write a book if you haven't already started uh because i mean that's a story that will inspire so many people not just obviously other people coming into our country and immigrants and pursuing the dream but just people that live here currently i mean there's a lot of people right now that are losing hope a lot of people right now that are fearing for the future, that have all this uncertainty. So to hear how you're able to overcome all those challenging obstacles and ultimately pursue your dreams and have that that why factor and you know that drive to just continue pounding forward. And it's still <laughs> it's going on to this day, as you, as you mentioned, there's still challenges that you're facing. But right now, balancing I don't even know how many hours of work you're you know you're in the hospital and then trying to run a successful business. To right. me, I don't even know how you do it. Sometimes I swear it's like you're able to function off of like one or two hours of sleep, but you're just a workhorse. And that's really what it takes, though. You know, some people, they say the old uh, work smarter, not harder. Right. And that's the biggest crack of bull <laughs> I've ever heard because, you know, hard work is smart work. You know, working hard is the smart thing to do. And that's obviously evident based on what you've achieved in your life, right? right. Now. I think a lot of our viewers are interested to know because, again, you're in the trenches, you're dealing with COVID-19, and, of course, uh, you're even in the emergency center. So, again, what do you think our viewers should be doing to take care of themselves and protect themselves from this virus? Because one thing I get frustrated with watching the media, it's all about fear, 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 negativity. I hear nothing spoke about personal health and wellness doing what's right to take care of yourself, your immune system, right? So right, I guess right. what, what type of advice would you give based on what you've seen and, again, forecasting for the future so everyone can stay safe? Allow me, just before you ask that question, just to go back to what you were saying in terms of, you know, work smarter, not harder. What I always tell people, you don't know what you don't know, right? And so growing up, it, it was a classic of that, right? I am the first one to go to high school in my family. I'm the first one to go to college. Now, yeah. I have the the amount of information I learned from each experience allowed me to then, okay, what, what am I supposed to actually do, right? Because prior to that, it's just you're working, you're working, because you, you, at some point, if you're banging yourself on the wall, you're going to give up because you don't yeah. know. Right? You don't know what the next breakthrough is. You don't know what rock bottom is, right? Because mm-hmm. that's going to be different for everyone. Yeah. Um, so what I tell people and, and, you know, my staff, the residents I train, the students, when they invite me to speak, it's just one, if there was one lesson that I would have learned early on was 
hey, the vulnerability of like, you're not going to know everything. And, and anyone that tells you that, well, maybe because they're on top and I guarantee you they got there because they had mentors and they had people that helped them get there. Yep. But when you're in the bottom of your beginning careers, or wherever you might be when you're aspiring to the next goal, the difficulty part is like, who do I then aspire to be, right? Who, I don't know. Who was the Dr. Rodriguez in my family? Nobody. So I didn't have that, that pathway to do so. I had to carve mm -hmm. it. So for me, you know, now what's different is I'm vulnerable when I'm vulnerable. I tell people legitimately, hey, do I know this? Yes, do I not? No, but I'll find you someone that will yes. um, in whatever aspect of my life. Or then I say, hey, I need to latch on to X, Y, and Z because they're going to help me with X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, and I also then need to look at myself as the most important vehicle to keep saying, to keep growing, to keep learning, because if I can't keep myself sane or keep opening the doors for others, then I'm, I'm I'll closing the door on a million other people like me that should be in the same spot now. Yep. And I think th that's where it's the... Yeah, what why is it? Sure, but at first it's the working hard. It's trying to figure out where do you belong in, in the world and then latching on to those people, which I, I think even with the podcast, right? Especially now with uncertain times, mm -hmm. which I'll get to your question. It's I, I tell people, if you, if you come out of this pandemic as an individual and you're not better, something's gone wrong. Yeah. Now, we always think of better in, in, a, in a way of financial, right? That might not be your better. But you might come out more educated. You might come out with more uh, motivation because you listen to the podcast, because you're like, I have to change this, right? Or you redefine what, what, what is you, right? This is an opportunity of think of what you ever wanted to accomplish, but now you got the time to do it, right? Now, obviously, a lot of it's easier said than done because financially does have an impact of it. But again, you got to set yourself up for that next step. Mm -hmm. and, and you're right. One of the hardest things for me during this, this pandemic has been the dueling roles, right? I have the, uh, I'm on a lot of boards for, um, you know, multicultural uh, community service organizations. Um, you know, I mentor a lot of kids in the city and mm -hmm. you got to forget now race is a become an issue too, right? Yep. Um, I'm in the front lines and is emergency medicine. Uh, physician and doctor, but not only that, and then I'm the medical director of the hospital. So, yeah. you know, that becomes hospitals a money situation, doctors doctoring, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm luckily being in emergency medicine, I just have to care about my patient, whether mm -hmm. they're paying or not. That's not mine. as a director there. I got to figure out how am I going to meet this budget? How am I going to pay staff? Right. Mm -hmm. Then you fast forward to, I, you know, you mentioned Carbo World Health where, the reason we started that was we wanted to start changing people's mind about their health. Yeah. Um, right now in the emergency department, I see the downstream effects of poor health every day. Yeah. Um, whatever reason it is, right? We call it the American way or because of food or because of alcohol or poor diet, um, lack of exercise or just stress, right? I don't have the time to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but then, you know, people are always like, wellness is expensive. And I tell them, well, try illness. Yeah. If, if you've ever known someone that's sick or you yourself are sick, you know how expensive that can get. Not only expensive money, but time and then um, experiences or relationship growing or whatever it might be in life. Yeah. And so you do get this negative vibe right now where everyone's like, hey, this pandemic, you know, it's killing people left and right. No one's doing anything. Um, and a lot of the mixed messaging 
comes where it's we're also in a political year, right? I won't put politics to right. it, but it's a lot of the information where you what makes good news is is bad press, right? And it's yeah. bad press is what gets people's attention, right? If if mm-hmm. you're not promoting positivity, you know, you'll get the one thing, hey, someone's doing something great, but FYI, there's just ten bad things that are there. So how do you maneuver through that, right? Especially if you're stuck at home. Um, and that's where Carbon Health, when we started, it's several years ago before this pandemic, was for me and my significant other, who's the co-owner of Carbon Health, we were in academic medicine. We were the so-called top and top. I ran a residency program for six and a half years. Um, you know, I was chief resident, and then they select me right, I, right into leadership. I was supposed to be the golden child to run a department and be the chair. Mm-hmm. Now I run a different department, but not in an academic space. But in that opportunity, what I saw was two things. One, how C-suite people get taken care of, right? If you're at C-suite, you're probably nodding like, yep, I know. We get this love and this workup and these access to people, doctors, that is unheard of. Mm-hmm. Two, uh, being in emergency medicine and interested in sports, I became a lot of consulting. I became a consulting doc for a lot of um, athletes and professional athletes, and I saw what they thought of health, with how much they invested for, think about it, three years sometimes their career is. Me and you, our career is long. (laughs) Um, We get these big contracts, but that's a three-year thing if they accomplish that. Anyone, I would argue, in the listening to a podcast for me and you can get 10 times more money than they do. But Mm -hmm. we have this stigma of that, right? So for us, it's how do we bring all these services? How do we get people to start thinking of their health as their priority, as your, your number one vehicle? People are willing to invest in things like a cell phone, invest in things like a vehicle and pour money at all these other things to take care of them, right? And mm-hmm. when it comes to their own body, which is the most important thing in our life, people tend to neglect it and put poison in there. And they don't think about what they eat in terms of what it does for them. They do it because of how the food tastes, right? And right. You know, there's so many people I know where they say, oh, I'm never going to exercise or I'm never going to you know, be a, a, health, a, a health nut or whatever. But it's crazy because that affects everything else you do in your life. Exactly. Tremendously, right? right. And you had mentioned, you know, what's the cost of illness, right? And, and that's, that's a huge point is, and we, we preach that being proactive instead of reactive. <laughs> so you invest a little bit each day to take care of yourself. The results that I had from using Carbon World I think, what was that, like six months time? Uh, yes. The Carbon World, okay. mm-hmm. prepping for that bodybuilding. So literally, by obviously coming to your, to your uh, organization there, getting the guidance from you, an actual doctor, getting prescribed the right, the, the right diet plan, the right supplement plan. And not only that, you guys have the, the six-week training boot camp with a personal trainer. I mean, there's so many things you guys offer, but the transformation is just unbelievable when you have the right guidance. You know, when you came in for our business, so for people that obviously don't know what Carbon Health is, so we call it basically a one-stop shop for fitness, beauty, and health. Mm-hmm. Our idea was if you're healthier, um, you're going to want to be fitter. And if you're fitter, then why not look good doing it, right? Yeah. Um, so you have all the aspects there. And our process, we take a lot of the excuses out. Mm-hmm. On our fitness trainer, we have trainers that are there. We have trainers that are educated to train an elite athlete or someone that has never worked out or someone that's recovering from an injury. But unlike you trying to schedule an appointment, we're like, no, you're, it's unlimited. You pay for the services. And for the same services, you're probably already person, thinking of a personal trainer or gym. 
you get the medical side, which a lot of times hasn't existed, which is why you can be frustrated. You can do all the right things, but if you're not take, if you're not taking into account your health and your medical issues, your medications, lack of sleep, whatever it might be, then you're never going to improve. And guess what? You're just going to, you're going to quit on that. Right. Vice versa with health. I can tell you what me an academic doctor tells you to do. Hey, eat, sleep better, exercise, don't drink, eat healthy. I get it. And, and, and a lot of the doctors, we have to say that, yep. but you're not going to change me telling you that six months later, right. you, Hey doc, sorry, I didn't do that. <laughs> uh, our approach is where are you? What are you trying to accomplish or why are you doing this? Again, what's that hook that you're trying to, to, to accomplish? Cause everyone's different, right? For me, it was my mom. For me to this day, it's my family. Like, Hey, I want to do it. But that quickly changed to, well, if I'm selling this, I got to walk the walk too. Yeah. I can't say, Hey, no, I can't make excuses because I'm so busy or I'm an entrepreneur. I don't have to time to take care of myself. Cause think of all the time we waste. Right. And if you're efficient, one, you're getting more energy, you're getting healthier, you start thinking differently. And now you start getting those same habits into every aspect of your life. I see it right from the day in to day out. When you first came in with me in your prior company, right? You, yep. you, you ran a sales team, right? You guys were one of the biggest and baddest in town and, and your sales were there. Uh, and we joked around, right? I said, send them our way. And trust me, these guys that are already good are <laughs> going to be Yes. Because you know when you enter a room, hey, this this person's passionate, this person believes it, mm-hmm. versus the person that thinks that but's not ensuing that, right? Because of they have an insecurity here or they have a, uh, a medical problem here. Mm-hmm. And I think for us is, is being realistic, right? I told all your guys, sales guys, what do you guys do? You travel on the road a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So for me to tell you, cook your food, go microwave, well, where are you going to microwave that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right in your car? Like, no, you don't have that, right? So... The regular traditional advice that people get is not for everyone. It's like, let's start small so that you can see how those gains are affecting other aspects of life. And when it clicks, man, the sky's the limit. And in particular in sales, like even for us, right? When I tell people for us, there is the doctor side, but then we're a business, right? So we have to say enough of like, hey, I'm a doctor, listen to me. Yep. Because there's a group that says, ah, I don't care. There's the other group that are, I'm too young. I, I'm not going to get sick. Then there's the other group that, oh, my God, I'm sick. I should have listened to someone back in the day, right? Um, and, and, and I would argue as a doc, we're failing people where we're not getting to the core root of what motivates them or why we're getting them to change. No different when you guys go sell something, right? Yep. Um, I always joke around right now. I, I, the majority of our clients, and if they're listening, we'll attest to this. I could come out with a cotton ball and say, Hey, eat it. You're going to, your life's going to be changed and because they believe in the process. They're going to do it. Right. Um, but it's because you're doing it, you're caring for them. You're showing them the passion that, that people will change. And, and I mean, you, you could tell your own personal story, even yourself, right? Like it, you can see the change. Yeah. That's right? a lot of people probably don't know. Aside from being a world famous karaoke singer, uh, yeah. I've done three bodybuilding competitions and the first competition I did on my own, right? I just went into it head first and I did okay, but you know, I definitely was not satisfied with the end result because I didn't, I didn't know how to get there. I didn't know how to get to that, that perfect physique. And it was crazy when I came to you for the first time and obviously shared with you my goals 
and we're, we're breaking this down step by step, it, it gave me so much more confidence diving into the next couple competitions and the results were just astronomical. So I went from placing sixth place and doing okay to now taking second place on stage, doing it the healthier way, doing it the right way. I was actually able to eat properly throughout instead of like having to starve myself at the end. <laughs> it was just night and day different. Having that, that person there, that mentor, that coach there at your side, cheering you on, but giving you the right advice, it, it changed everything for me. And again, the results again speak for themselves, right? Right. And, and that's one of the things where I remember when you came in and, you know, one, I said, Hey, we're, we're a friend. And, you know, in my space, you got to look at, you can have all these various roles, but you got to, you got to think about it in what that role you want to change. Right. So mm -hmm. I told you, Hey, in, when you come to see me, you're not just my friend anymore. Right. Now, now you're one of my clients. Now it's me trying to help you through the process. Mm -hmm. And it's not just throwing things at you. It's trying to get to learn you and your goals and what's the best way. Right. And right now, a lot of people think of wellness or health as one of those like, well, eventually I'm going to get something. Yeah. Not the what can I do to prevent that, right? Because pharmaceutical, everything's geared to medication, right? Mm -hmm. You take it because it's going to cure something. But never are you like, you can take this to prevent something, right? Because that's right. what I want. Especially, I'm imagining a lot of the people, like you mentioned the people that you interact with, the people that are listening to this podcast, they're not doing, they're not trying to better themselves. So when they get to 50, they're like, eh, I can't do anything. Yeah. I have all this money. I have all this success. But guess what? I can't walk or my medical problems are, are holding me back, right? right. Um, it's because you're thinking ahead of it. And what I could tell you, medicine... 15, 10 years ago, preventative, what's available for people now, would yeah. you hear all these athletes traveling the world doing all this stuff? I mean, you compare athletes, they're bigger, faster, mm -hmm. better. I mean, it's crazy, right, to see these athletes nowadays. Me and you have access to all that, but we don't think that way, right? Or, or we're like, it's too expensive, or mm -hmm. it's not for me at this space in my life. But yeah, you don't think of that way in any other aspect of your life, right? Yeah. You get life coaches. People get finance coaches. People get all these things. Well, yeah, but if you don't have the drive, if you don't have the health to, to follow up with everything else, then you're missing a big part of what can make you truly successful and accomplish everything you ever wanted to in life. It's kind of a similar mindset. Uh, a lot of times when I was in the home selling, let's say, a walk-in shower for a client when I was in the home full-time or a walk-in bathtub, you'd have a lot of prospects, of course, fearful of the price, You know, fearful of how much it's going to cost to solve that problem. And one thing I would always tell them is, you know, Mrs. Jones, the last thing I want to do is be the guy to come back here when you need to have this done. Mm -hmm. Because when that happens, it's already too late. The injury's already occurred. The pain's already there. And I guarantee you the cost of that fall out of your bathtub, the cost of slipping in your shower that's not safe to bathe in is going to be significantly greater than being proactive and finding a solution, right? right. So that was always a good thing. And that reminds me of what we're talking about here is, doing the necessary things, not being afraid to invest in yourself, even if it's a little bit of financial obligation, right? There's no better thing to invest in because when you do that, that's going to translate into greater performance in every other aspect of your life, which will translate more often than not into greater success and income, right? Yeah. And that was evident by our sales team. And I truly mean that like at least half of our sales force and half of our whole company was using Carbon World Health as services and it's no accident that we had the highest performing sales team in the, in the business. And it's because of you sell proportionate to how you feel.
if you feel good, you look good, your confidence goes up. Everyone knows confidence sells. You know, that person walks into that house, they command the stage. You just, you, you have a whole different presence, demeanor about yourself. And we have a saying at Grasso, it's who you are speaks so loudly, it can hardly hear a word you're saying. I love what you say, you know, treat yourself like a fancy automobile. You know, how are you going to take care of that? Take care of your body, take care of yourself. Right. And, and, and that's the thing I would say, especially now with, with the pandemic, with the, with the virtual, with the space where we're having to reinvent ourselves, both as a business, as a salesperson, entrepreneur, even in medicine, right? Now is a time where you have a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of knowledge out there. Mm-hmm. It's just how do you go through all that, right? And, and that was my thing of from early on and what I've learned throughout every, every you know, next opportunity I was given is I need someone to help me guide. If I'm not there yet, I need to learn from someone. And that investment can be monetary, can be sweat equity, can be, um, you know, time, whatever it might be. But if you start small, you're going to grow into it. It's going to be a more successful ride and career for you. But it's that fear. And, and I, let's be honest, even myself, when I've looked at, there is something about talking to people. And if you feel uncomfortable in your own body, and again, it's not the goal is you mentioned bodybuilding, right? And, I, and, I, and I've kind of harassed you about that because everyone thinks health is like Instagram, mm-hmm. right? Um, people sometimes we get like, I can't go work out there because I have to get fit to come work out. Yeah. We're like, no, we know sex sales. We know if I put the six pack, people are going to go, ooh, wow, and then yeah. like do all this other stuff. But that's not who we're helping, right? What we're helping is your best is going to look different, right? Because you yourself, right? You don't walk around like competition all the time. No, really. But you walk around way better than you did before, right? <laughs> it's always funny. You know, I feel like I train all year long for that like one or two weeks where I'm really dialed in and then the rest of the time <laughs> I'm just trying to get there. But yeah, just finding that. And that's what's important about what you guys offer is you allow people to achieve their goals and get to their, whatever their goal is physically, you know, obviously health-wise, but then maintaining it. That's the right. hardest thing to do. I think anybody can get in shape, but staying in shape and maintaining that is one of the most difficult things. Just like anything, you know, it's even like knowledge. If you're not constantly educating yourself, you lose it. It goes away. So, you know, knowledge-wise, health-wise, you got to have people at your side to continue to push you, to educate you, to coach you, kind of hold your hand through the process and make sure that you're staying on course because it's easy to drift away. You know, admittedly during this pandemic, I I put on 20 pounds Mm -hmm. and I have no excuses, right? Oh, the gym closed down or, you know, uh, I was just quarantined in my basement. You know, those are all good excuses. There's so many people that are coming out of this pandemic even in greater shape (laughs) than when they went into it. And one thing I'm trying to get my salespeople and the people that I consult with to take advantage of is the extra time to educate yourself, to take care of your body. They probably have more time now to invest in a physical fitness regimen now, being that maybe they're, they have more downtime at home, right? Right. Again, instead of looking at the negative, look at the opportunity. And those people that have the right mindset, this pandemic is an incredible opportunity for the right person, the right company the right salesperson, the right business owner to really take advantage of this. There's a lot of people dying now. Um, I was talking to uh, a guy who represents the top 500 remodelers in the United States. He says about 20% of the top 500 remodelers are going bankrupt. Mm-hmm. 
And I can tell you that, you know, if, if they were proactive and, you know, we're willing to embrace some of the changes we're having to all navigate through together, there's no reason for that at all, right? And again, it's another reason to be proactive instead of reactive. Sometimes it's too late by the time you try and, to catch up. And that's, I mean, and that's a good point in terms of change, right? Change is always uncomfortable. And when it's reactive, when it's being forced down your throat, mm -hmm. that that's going to be dictated by whoever's doing it, right? Right now, the COVID virus is dictating what's happening to us, mm -hmm. right? Not the other way around. Yeah. Um, if financial instability, hey, you're, you're, you're there, it's pushing you, it's pushing you down, it might take you out of business. But if you're having that proactive approach where you're like, I can pivot, I can do this. Because the other thing I tell you that if you look at health in a different way, you're gonna, your mental health is going to change. Yep. So it's not just physique, right? Like it, it's how you think, what you're going to be interested in. And it's the small things. It's the things that I say, I'm the psychiatrist, mother, brother, best friend, all in one in that meeting with my client. Because in the process of trying to get them, for example, they might come for in shape. They might come with, I'm doing all the right things and I'm not changing. Or I have in my head, I'm the best salesperson ever, but I don't have the energy. I'm having relationship problems because my wife doesn't understand how much time or my husband says, why are you putting so much time? Then you need someone to get you out of it, right? You need someone to then say, They're, you're a cheerleader in that sense. Then a lot of these other things start lining up appropriately and then you can learn the skills. I think one thing you mentioned, you know, I think it's important as owners of businesses and people that are leaders to really practice what you preach and you know, a lot of the people I consult with, a lot of business owners are having a difficult time developing the right culture, you know, the right mentality in their sales team. And you said something that kind of struck me is, you know, I want to be their coach, their mentor, their brother, their father, their sister, their, their mentor, their best friend, all this stuff, and really help lead. I think owners need to understand for them to develop that culture they so desire, they need to be the ones leading by example and doing that thing that they want others to do, Right. So if you want a healthier sales force, if you want people to have more energy, more stamina, higher performance, you yourself have to start adopting those things. And I'm not here to make fun of any business owners, but you know, I look at a lot, a lot of business owners that are out there and they're, you know, they sit behind the desk. Obviously they're, they're not in the greatest shape to say the least. And uh, who knows the last time they've done anything to invest in themselves physically. But everything ties back to that. I mean, there's so many studies that even show that when you practice proper diet, a physical fitness regimen, your IQ boosts off the charts. Like it, 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 you have more brain power, more clarity, more energy. And that's so important because sales, especially in running a business, is mentally exhausting. It's debilitating. You know, I see a lot of salespeople and owners depriving themselves of sleep. They skip breakfast, they don't work out, they drink profusely. And then they're trying to ask their mind and body to, to grind through a 12, 14 hour workday. And especially in sales, when you're dealing with so much emotion and so much rejection and driving over no man's land, right? So all these things that we're talking about, it's all connected. But the first thing you should always invest in every single day, if you can, is yourself. Yeah. And you got to look at, you know, two comments come to mind or that one is when, when I do lecture to people, I tell them. If you look at every year, Forbes comes out with the top CEOs in any industry, right? And they look at their characteristics. Now, there's certain characteristics I would never, I'm, I'm never going to get green eyes or blue eyes. You know, it varies between you, right? 
I, I, like I said, I'm 5'8 on my best day um, with shoes on. Uh, but typically they're saying the top CEOs, right? White, Caucasian, 6'4 and above, blue oh, eyes. And then they but then they, they the two that never change is then fitness a, a, a desire to be team fit whatever that means to them and then healthy um, and those kind of hit home in terms of like you see it and and when the, the common question to us is like well yeah but I'm working hard 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 so I don't have time for that the argument that I then throw at them would be yeah but in every industry, things have changed, right? Things have gotten better. Mm -hmm. Similar in ways for that you can take um, care of yourself. So mm -hmm. think of surgery, right? Back in the day, hey, bite on this wood, take <laughs> off, get your leg off. Yeah, it would be barbaric if we did that, now, right? Yeah, sure. So what we think of health now is you. You've seen it. I mean, we have a disposal. We have all our services. Or people are like, wait, what? You could do that nowadays? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's small hacks, so to speak to improve your health that now you can do. And what we do talk, when, when I talk to CEOs, because a lot of people will come in and say, hey, can we do corporate rates? Can we do corporate meetings? And what I tell them is, one, take advantage of that, right? If you're a C-suite person or yeah. the top of the top, you already have access to that. Mm -hmm. It's whether you're taking advantage of it or not. And I would argue, yeah, if you want to lead by example, take it and small things, right? Don't be the one that's like, well, I've done it this way all my life. Well, yeah, but things have been evolving while you've been stuck in this one path. And now is the time to kind of do it, right? What's the point of, I, I always tell them, what's the point of you having access to all this wealth and all this, the best doctors, the best gyms, if you're not even going to use it? Correct. Right? So then on the flip side is, what's the best way to get that culture you were talking about? Or what's yeah. the best way to get someone to become loyal? Mm-hmm is you investing in their health and you investing in how they feel, right? Because yep. you teaching me how to sell, you have to do that. Yep. Part of my job, right? Mm -hmm. You, my boss, caring about, hey, um, my health, caring about my fitness, that's a different way. Wait, like, do you really care? Do you not? Now you have me there, right? Now, my business side of me comes into it when I say that because then it's like, okay, let's sit calls more uh, motivation from my sales force. That means more revenue for the company. That means I can promote from within my own group and grow someone to change diversity, to change, to expand, right? So there's a lot of benefits that we don't think of that we, we, we're sitting there as business owners trying to figure out, man, how am I gonna do this, right? How can yeah. I pick the best out of them? Well, you have a whole crew there. Why can't you develop them? And one way, to make them stay with you, obviously everyone thinks money, 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 but now if, if you show that you care for them and that you're developing the right way, the money will come, but they'll stay loyal to you. And that's what we found in that pandemic, right? People didn't want to. Yeah. Like when we were like, hey, you don't even have to pay us. We're like, luckily, you know, we, we were able to pay them, but they're like, don't worry about it. Our clients, hey, no matter what, we're going to come to you. Mm -hmm. um, no matter, I can't afford any of this stuff, but you've shown how well this works for me. Mm -hmm that even in this pandemic, I'm not gonna buy the purse. I'll turn off this stuff, I'll go this, because in the long run, that's gonna be more beneficial than how I thought and all the other stuff that I wasted. So yeah, you gotta look at, we've been talking about individually, but as as a corporate thing, mm -hmm. you gotta rethink that, that too. Like, you know, we spend money on trips, mm -hmm. right? We've yeah. gone on great trips yeah. um, until reward. 
which is great, but that's one period in time, right? That's like saying, I'm only going to care about my health when I'm in the emergency department because I got sick. No, yeah. you got you to do it all throughout. Mm-hmm. So it, it's as business owners, one, leading by example, and I would argue whether you're young or older, now is the time where like, you're never going to, it's never going to get the time, like the best time to do it. You just have to dive into it and find someone that's going to support you through the process. Mm-hmm. Know that you have the luxury to do it mm-hmm. and do it better than 90% of other people that have no access and, and you know, can't even sit down in front of, of like me, right? Like people are like, well, yeah, but you have all these fancy clients, you have all this. Yeah, but that's because they access me. Um, not because I wouldn't take someone else that's not to that degree, right? Yep. So then turn it to your employees and say, hey, how can we make this culture better? How can I improve people uh, in a way to make my company overall more effective? You know, one thing I always thought was interesting, when I would go through these bodybuilding competitions, the salespeople would witness my entire journey. They'd be there alongside of me, right? They're like my biggest cheerleaders. And I couldn't help but notice that as I was progressing and obviously achieving my goals and becoming more physically fit, many other people in the sales force were also all of a sudden losing weight. They're telling me they're going to the gym more because they were inspired, right? And then I would get new guys in my training class that from the previous sales job or whatever it was, they're significantly overweight and not eating healthy, eating fast food all the time. And then literally after going through my sales training and listening to me talk about how important you know, personal wellness is and have a physical fitness regimen, taking care of yourself, but then seeing me prove it. All of a sudden I see these guys come in to Mad, or, you know, Mad City and the companies that I manage and all of a sudden they're losing 20 pounds within like a month and they're going to the gym and as a result of performance going up, they have more energy than ever before. Their relationship at home has improved. It's just crazy. It always gave me so much fulfillment. One thing I always thought about, I always said, you know, I'm a selflessly selfish manager. I manage selflessly selfish because I'm always there at my salesperson's side, putting them before me. I'm on the phone with them, having the pep talks. You talked about being their therapist or psychiatrist. I'm taking them to the gym, working out with me, encouraging them, motivating them to throw the weights around. And all those things commanded so much respect, so much loyalty, and the performance that it generated and just the culture, right? It kept everyone very close knit. It's important right. that you, you, you have that leadership. You lead by example that way. Right. And, 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 and you, you know, even with family, right, where we tell people you're going to inspire more people than you think by small changes, right? If you do these big changes, so even like imagine when you do a competition, right? What, what do people tell you? Ah, oh, yeah, but you can't last or you can't do it, right? Or even when you came, you're like, I did it, but I was miserable. Mm-hmm. And yep. I, at the first time we were together, I tell you, I can get you to that and even better and show you that you don't have to feel miserable. So exactly. then, then your downfall, when you go back to your normal, doesn't have to be that dramatic, right? Because mm-hmm. these dramatic things, right? People say, think of the tech world, right? One day I'm broke, the next day I'm a millionaire. Yeah, but that doesn't happen in every industry that's there. Right. And I would argue that those stories, like the lottery, is less believable than these small changes that you make mm-hmm. that will forever be impactful um, not only in your career, but in, but in your life. And, and with sales, you got to look at, you guys are on the road a lot, right? That was my biggest thing where I was like, man, I didn't realize, you know, especially particularly in this industry, it might be different, but in others, but I would say it's still the same where sales is sales. You have to be on the road. You have to interact with people, whether 
um, you're at home now through a computer, but you're not, you're, you're taking away in so many different directions mm -hmm. to take it to the next step. That family life, right? What do you have in your tank when you get home? Right. I would argue if you're healthier, if you make other priorities, um, that aspect is going to improve too because you're going to motivate the family. People are going to be more understanding. You're going to have the energy for the kids, for your significant other. And, and that's why for me personally, I got tests too where people are like, man, you're always working. I'm like, yeah, I am. And I'm doing all these things, but I'm also able to spend the right time with friends, with family, with the kids, right? The kids know, man, he works hard, but when I'm there, I'm there. It's not a, I'm so tired or sorry, I give up or I don't want to do this, right? You, 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 it just becomes part of your life. And then new opportunity breeds new opportunity where now it's the point of like, man, I got to say no, or what do I pick? Mm -hmm. But I'm loving life, right? I would never imagine that I would have this life that I am. Um, and, and, and I keep it, I keep it up. We, you know, everything that we give back has to do with fitness. So uh, kind of to prove the point was, you know, we were giving money away for, you, you know me, you're like, if someone needs to, I'll give it off the back of my shirt, right? To, to oh, a yeah. fault. Right. Um, but I feel like people have helped me without requiring to pay them back. That that's something that I, that's, that's dear to my heart. And no. so anytime we do it, we want to do programs that have with kids and mentoring. We, we bring in health and fitness to them. Right. We tell them, Hey, as much as you're thinking how much money you want to make, as much as you're thinking what your career is, if you develop these habits early on, trust me, you're going to be healthy. You're going to be more successful than you ever dreamt of. Now, that's one thing I really admire about you, Nestor, is obviously how generous you are to everyone around you, not just in the, the different groups you're involved in and charities, just everyone. You're just a very generous person. And I see that being a huge downfall of a lot of people, especially people that come into money fast. First of all, they don't know what to do with it all, but they don't understand this concept of you have to be willing to pay that forward and help others now. And the reason why is because if you don't have any purpose, right, if you don't have people that you're supporting, people that look up to you, there's, there's no fulfillment there. And there's a lot of very wealthy, depressed individuals because right. they're sitting there all alone, right, that, that they're not helping anybody, they're, they're being way too selfish. And as a result, uh, again, the, the depression rate, and you look at people that win the lottery, for example, I mean, it's an absolute disaster. But, you know, why, I guess for your, from your perspective, why do you feel that's such an important thing that, you know, obviously getting successful is one thing, but then as you're, you're seeing success and you're achieving your goals, why do you think it's so important that now you reach out and help others become a mentor, become a coach, give to charitable organizations, get involved with the kids, you know, all those things that you're involved in? Yeah, so, so for me, partly is, you know, where I grew up from and knowing that, man, I – you know, there, there's always that graph that you can get A through Z, right? And I zigzag like crazy to get to Z. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think the concept that we talk about working harder, smart, no, you have to work harder to you realize that, hey, I don't have to take these loops that are there, right? Exactly. So I'm the type that I will show you how I messed up so that you don't do it, right? Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I will show you, hey, where I've hit it out the park so that you can get better and for me anytime that i've given back or anytime that the team around me is better you all i always end up winning mm -hmm. you know whether it's monetary whether it's connections whether it's um, for me people that have mentored in business half of those guys have business and made more money than i have now they're trying to get me to their level right now mm -hmm. they're saying hey you help me here 
I just happen to be in this different industry where exponentially I can increase my funds compared to just medicine, right? Yeah. Um, but it's a matter of like, can we level everyone's normal up? And by default, everyone's going to want to help. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when we talk about um, Salesforce, you know, there's always competitions, right? There's always like, yep. you got to make this cut. You got to do this, right? And you probably know personally, uh, just being Latino, there, there's my fitness space or my medical space. There's not a lot of people that look like me. So by default, I'm like, who the hell do I turn to? Um, in terms of sales, it might be that too, when you bring diversity into it, right? And it's not just race, it's female, male, it's rural versus big city. It's like, hey, I don't have formal education to someone that went to college. There's all these differences within the Salesforce team. And then it's, okay, instead of, you're investing all this time in these people, right? You're giving them the light, you're spending, you're sending them, you're doing all this stuff. But are we then spending the time to learn what is those things that matter and how can I better um, associate with them and give them this information so it clicks? And for us, when we went, you know, when you guys, you know, the trips that of your high earners, yeah. to me, it was always great because I came out of like, they're like, who the hell is this guy coming with? And you guys as leaders were like, no, we brought him here so he can talk to you guys mentally if you guys want. There's someone that's not in the business that can help you get better. Yep. in a non-confronting way and everyone right everyone will corner at every aspect when they're in a trip mm-hmm. and, and say i don't associate with them or how do i then get better I, I know what they're teaching me but i can't ask another colleague about it right yeah. if you have another source and you constantly give back it, you, you're improving everyone and it's just going to make you better because those people are going to help you in in the long run also so to me, it's, it's dear hard. I, I mean, I'm a big proponent of that, that where it's, it's only for you to gain. Now, yep. everyone has a different way, right? Like some people like to shine. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, I mean, I do, I guess, at some point. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. um, but I do a lot of things that, you know, on the record that I, you know, I don't care if it ever circles back or they thank me for it. Um, and there, there's a time to do it for political reasons. There's a time for doing it as a business owner, you know, check yep. the box, give money. Yep. But if you do it legitimately, people, people see that and everyone wins at the end of the game. No, I have a lot of conversation with salespeople and they commonly ask me, you know, what's the number one bit of advice you can give me to increase my performance? And the thing I would always tell them to do is be a mentor to others. You know, when a new salesperson walks into the room, don't give him the stink eye and treat him like garbage. Go right up to him, introduce yourself, let him know, hey, I understand how hard it is to get started in this business. I just want to let you know if you ever need any help at all, I'm right here, man. I'm an open book. I've been doing this for many years. I'm a veteran. I'd be more than happy to take you under my wing and help you coach you, mentor you. Because then when you do that, you obviously now you have that, that person who's loyal to you and will help you when you need it. But you end up teaching yourself a thing or two. It's crazy, like, when you're out there helping others and giving people advice and coaching, how much you learn from yourself. <laughs> There's so many times I'm up in front of the class training on how to do something, and I'm like, man, if only I would have applied that when I was in the home, I would have right. been a lot more successful. And uh, one thing, the best thing I ever did as a sales manager is I would have sales reps ride with me and observe me in the home. Okay, I would have them watch me because I think to instill belief in anything, they need to see you execute it, right? See you do it and lead by example. And I would go through and I would sell a deal completely on my own. 
So the new person, he's just observing, shadowing. I'm running the whole lead and I would close it for like 15 grand. I would just give them the sale. I'd say, here you go, man. I know how hard it is getting started. The most important thing for you right now is getting your pipeline going. This is my gift to you. Cherish this, but I want you to now build upon this. And you know, obviously this is the little seed that's now going to become the mighty oak tree, right? I believe in you. So that little gesture of me giving that sales rep that sale, yeah, maybe I lost out on like a thousand bucks commission, but holy cow, the loyalty now and the respect and the way they look up to you now as a true leader, that made me so much more money in the long run, right? Yeah. That's why I say it's almost like being selflessly selfish. When you take care of others and when you put others before yourself, it's going to pay you back in dividends, not just financially, but just an overall happiness and joy and again having those people there when you need them it, it makes such a huge difference yeah and for me every mentorship experience also then kind of puts me to the test of like you know you always get caught up like you think you know everything right yeah. um times are changing right people are thinking just joke around with the kids right you're like man this is a whole different world than when i grew up with but guess what as a salesperson you got to interact with all of them and be able to um, adapt as you go, right? And, and, and no different than the emergency department where people say, I can't do that, or why did you like that? For me, as a medicine, part of the adrenaline junkie, but part of the challenge of yep. no matter what comes in, I have to gain your trust in a few minutes mm -hmm. and then I got to save your life and you got to believe that I'm going to do it, right? Uh, now, you know, I might be saving someone's life per se, but it's the same thing, right? You got to have someone to believe in you. You got to be able to read them, adapt to them. And all we know is our experiences. If, if we're in this cocoon and we, you could tell me, hey, talk this way, do this thing. But unless I've experienced it, unless I've heard someone tell me, hey, I did it that way and trust me, it didn't go well. Because this is the way I thought about it. Because I've never experienced that or I've never said that. Um, that's, that's when you're growing and learning and the relation goes both ways. I mean, I remember from the trips, people come in and like, well, I, I want to go talk to the top sales guys, but I don't know if they'll accept me. I'm like, you guys are a team, right? Have you even talked to them? Right. Um, have you asked them what, what, why do you think you're the best? Mm -hmm. Well, no, I, I thought they were just going to teach me that Well, No, they're going to teach you the lay of the land, but you have to create your own way of expressing that to people that are in front of you yeah. no different than when i train doctors it's literally hey the medicine is the medicine the book's the book but how am i going to react to you right i think one of the things that i guess it would say advantageous grew up the way i grew up is that i can go in and out of all these type of personalities right i yeah. can yeah if you want me to go inner city i can go inner city whatever that connotation is right where people can see, oh, I love this doctor. I want, I, I want to see him. Or, yeah, I can go the preppies of the prep and still be like, I belong there. And it's no different in sales, right? You have to do that. Yep. And you have to know when to do that, right? And then the only time you know that is through experience. And you cannot single-handedly experience every experience you ever wanted to. So you have to learn through associations, through other people that have had it so that you don't make mistakes. Because one mistake closes a door and then you'll never have those experiences that you wish you had. Mm -hmm. Versus being like, hey, I never encountered this, but I know so-and-so did and therefore I can deal with it better. Then you can keep going down that path. But you know, a lot of times we, we just think it's like what's in our space, what we know is the best and there's nowhere else to go. 
and the reality is, is it's not. We're we're changing. Yeah. Yep. No different. I think I was Wisconsin now. I always tell you, I joke around with my mom when I told her I was coming to medical school here. Um, so it was Harvard, UCLA, and here. And being a kid from LA, you know, LA is it. Maybe New York exists, maybe Florida, but there's nowhere else in the US. Uh, that quickly changed when Wisconsin was like, hey, full ride. I'm like, okay. There you I, go. I, I, <laughs> Um, when I decided to come here, I told my mom, and she's like, wait, you already immigrated from a different country. Why are you trying to go there? I'm like, no, mom, it's in the United States. It's in Illinois. She's like, where the hell is that? It's, it's Chicago. Oh, okay. It's close by. Then fine. Go ahead. Go, go to school there. Yeah. But again, I had to put myself in that, be willing to learn those new opportunities. And now, yeah, the connections I made, the worlds I know, you know it's, it's another space or um, – opportunity that I would never have had if I stayed in LA for example yeah exactly no that's like I said such an amazing story now I think a lot of people are curious and obviously nobody has a crystal ball but you know if you're looking at the next six months the next 12 months what do you see being some of the major changes that people are going to have to adapt to whether it be in business their personal life because for me again I'm not as educated on the topic but it seems like a lot of these things are here to stay for a while. And it doesn't seem like they're going away. What can we expect from your perspective in the next six months to a year and how you think that's going to affect just our everyday lives? How, what should we be prepared for in a business or personal aspect? Right. So in terms of a, you know, from a doctor perspective, the, the reality of these things, these type of things can happen is now in our face, right? Because prior to this, in health, we've only read about it. We, you know, the, the Spanish flu, the, all this other stuff where it's like, oh my God, it's not here, so therefore it doesn't exist, right? Um, prior to this, you know, your average American would say we're the best healthcare ever. Now, if you, if, if you were to look at stats, that's not necessarily the case, but that's how we believe, right? Um, and so I think from this, I think people, what I guess would hope, or I think what people are starting to do is now make it a, Hey, this is real. What can I do to keep myself safe? What, what, what does that need to happen? Um, so that if this continues, I can survive this just physically. I can survive it, at, you know, um, in its true sense, survival for it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think in terms of things to expect as a uh, business owner, it's now we have to readapt on how we think our, our normal world will be, right? So those that we used to say, ah, computer's not my thing, well, guess what? Computers is a big thing and it's here. Um, and it's not just to say, hey, I know how to do it. There's then another pitch, right? You probably learned this. You being in front of people was different than you giving the same knowledge now through your podcast or through your online courses, right? Also so there was a learning curve there. But the people that are willing to take that and adapt and change it are going to the ones that are going to end up winning, right? Because it's like, how can I then all these things that that maybe would never happen, or I don't want to spend the money there. Now you're forced to. Now it's, are you going to be willing to change or are you going to be stubborn and say no? Yep. Yeah, we right? see a lot of resistance in uh, the home services industry to adapt virtual selling, for example, because mm -hmm. obviously blue collar industry, a lot of people that they have a wonderful service and you know, they're hard workers, but they just, you know, despise the idea of switching over to like a virtual setting, but it's either 
from my perspective, again, I'm not, I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not a, a psychic by any means, but I'm looking at the, the future of this industry. If they don't want to start embracing some of this stuff sooner than later, they're probably going to end up becoming extinct, right? They got to be willing to evolve with some of these things because you're just not going to be able to reach the customers that you otherwise would have been able to. And a lot of our clients that we're consulting with are thankfully now starting to embrace this. They're going virtual and they're having record months as a result because mm -hmm. it's crazy. I mean, obviously it, there's so many advantages to embracing this technology. You know, you go into a house right now, a lot of people are going to require you to wear a mask, right? When I'm talking to you virtually, I don't have to. Right. I don't have to be as concerned about what do I touch? You know, what am I doing? Am I invading their six foot bubble? Am I, <laughs> you know, right. if I have a cough or a sneeze in the house, you know, are they going to be in a panic? Uh, you can be more comfortable. You can command the stage. It's a lot more relaxing. But that's just one of a million different things that I think in the future people are going to have to start embracing. You know, who knows what's going to happen with airlines and, the, you know, travel is going to change. Right. Yeah, I just took a little road trip uh, with, with obviously the wife and kids, as you know, out west and driving out. It's crazy all over the place. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't think even in Montana it would be a big deal, but they made it a, a state law everywhere you go. You have to wear a mask there too. So everywhere, I mean, everyone's going to be forced to evolve and have to make these changes. And you don't want to you know, be resistant to, to this change for too long because, I mean, for your business especially, it could mean that, Again, you go extinct if you don't evolve. Yeah, and, and if you think about it now, once you embrace that, the way that you could both disseminate information, training, um, or even marketing or even productivity becomes easier, right? At first, it's hard to change our ways that have worked. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that, you know, whether it's healthcare, whether it's the government, someone's going to dictate in a time of pandemic what you have to do. And are you really prepared for it, right? With COVID, it's not, uh, we thought it was two months, right? Now nah, it'll go away. You know, one now, right? If flu season comes around, a whole other world of hurt is going to start coming in. And how do we manage that, right? Um, the other thing is then you have to look at, you know, ironically, what I think proves a point of, if you adapt, they will come or, or you can be more successful. Because even for our business, right? We said, hey, we're in this luxury business, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm already telling you, half the people don't think of health the way that I want them to. Mm -hmm. So we were scared, well, we're gonna take a hit. Um, yeah. And ironically, they're like, no, they're like, this is the one thing that keeps me sane in all aspects of my life. So I'm gonna continue it. Facility you see in our gym, it's not your average gym, it's not your average facility because normally you're like, I'm just talking about that. Yeah. Um, so we went virtual appointments and now we have access to all kinds of people that we never even imagined. Right. And the fear was, can I close them? Mm -hmm. Can I get that? I would argue if they're taking the time to go on something virtually where they can just skip out of. Right. You already have their commitment is different than you made an appointment. I'm going to their house. Yeah, exactly. Because with their house, it's like, yeah, you got a plan. But with virtual, it's like, man, delete. I don't want to see it. So if you if they if they're there, they're 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 for the taking, right? Like we're, we're, we hear salespeople like, well, I can sniff it. I can, I, I can get this lead, right? Well, yeah, they're they're in front of you. They took the time because there's no like, damn, I'm gonna hide behind the doorbell. And so it's how do we adapt and how do we take that? Because financially, people are gonna start thinking differently, yep. right? And, 
if you can make it comfortable at home with taking into account worst case scenario. I always try to think worst case scenario. Everyone's scared to see me as a doctor because I'm emergency medicine. How can I still get to them? And I think virtual is, is one of the prime ways where then you have a prime setting of being able to tell them that the money they're going to spend with you is the right money to spend. Yep. Well, they uh, I think uh, in your line of work and in home services, there's going to be an opportunity there because I think when people are spending less money going out to eat, when they're spending less money traveling and all these extracurricular things that were uh, giving them that enjoyment, they're going to be investing it elsewhere in, you know, things like what you offer, personal health, wellness, beauty, their homes, you know, more people spend more time at homes now that honey-do list is racking up pretty darn quick. And I see numerous companies now as a result having record months, especially those people that embrace virtual selling. So like you said, you know, if they're sitting there tuning in, there's a lot of interest there. They're primed for the taking. And in our business, there's almost no virtual competition. So right. this, if this is a virtual only customer, you almost have no competition because everybody else, <laughs> they haven't embraced this technology yet, right? There's very few companies. When I was running virtual appointments full time, I knew for a fact that no other company could provide them the virtual experience that I could. And if they did, it was like some weird FaceTime thing where there's, there's no presentation, there, there's no methodology to it. So I think, yeah, embracing it, you know, mastering it truthfully, becoming more dialed in than ever before, maybe using some of this downtime to learn that new craft, educate yourself on th this new normal thing that we're gonna have to all embrace in technology and becoming the best at it. I mean, it's gonna slingshot you forward like you wouldn't believe. In your business, like you said, you're having opportunities now you probably never would've. <laughs> uh -huh. It's also true with the home services business, right? I mean, you get on the virtual, uh, you offer virtual consultations to your clients, you're gonna have access to a whole different pool. I would laugh occasionally, Nestor, is like, I, I would look at my schedule for the day, my virtual day, and if I were to drive that day, it would've been like nine hours on the road. Exactly. All I had to do is drag my ass down to my basement, <laughs> turn on my computer and sit there and have a conversation, right? Right. So it was so much, I could get out to so many more people so much further away without breaking a sweat. Right. And if you look at it, then truly financially, you can make it where virtual makes sense, right? There's so many softwares there um, that, you know, where do you need, like, for example, in medicine, we need HIPAA, right? We need all these protective things or when you go charge, right? But because the tech world is there and they've been there, it's yeah. us being like late to the party. Um, you find that at least for our business, it's been where we're saving money, which is crazy, right? Because yeah, did we see a downfall initially? Yeah, because people didn't know. Mm -hmm. But even with that downfall, we were more productive. We were more efficient. It didn't mean we fired people. It was just those same people. We can task them to do more things. Mm -hmm. And they felt like, man, I'm getting more productivity out of my day than I'm going here. I'm going there. I'm, man, I'm driving, right? I'm like, I'm wasting all this time. And then I didn't get the sale versus, hey, I'm still making the same numbers. I'm excited. And you're constantly learning. Um, and, and you would, the more you do it, the more you're convinced that the same touch that you would do when you're you're in front of them in a desk mm -hmm. you can do it through virtual right and, and i get it right i i know the sales camera it's like you want everyone there yeah well, you can get virtually right you, you you can spend the time you could circle back 
versus I got to drive way back. There's a lot of opportunities to, to, to lead them down the funnel of sales mm-hmm. that before we didn't really have, that, that, that it was a different world, right? It was just for online sales. Mm-hmm. And it's for us to kind of say, like, look at the reality. Things are moving to technology. We just didn't think it was going to be this quick. And yeah. and yeah, I agree with you. The, the one that gets it, the one that does it well, the one that leads the party is going to be, uh, you know, celebrated for a long time. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Now, obviously, Carbon World Health, your business is doing well, I guess. Your, how far is your reach? How far do you service clients now, especially with the virtual side? Are you servicing clients all over the country right now? Or is it? We are. We, we are. So for me, I have, um, you know, you can access us in terms of people flying and see me or people, you know, around the areas will drive in and see us. Um, but we, we adapted the virtual concert a while ago. Um, because of the athletes that we deal with, where they're they're all over the place. Yeah. Um, but then we then progress to push off. Hey, there's forty top athletes. There's forty thousand people that I can make the top in whatever field they are. Mm-hmm. So we started promoting that way. So for us, we welcome virtual appointments, and a lot of the virtual appointments are more. At the end of the day, I want you to learn something. If you yeah. you stick with us, great. But if not if I can direct you to someone locally or I can direct you to the right person, by all means, right? At some point we all win. Um, so it's either virtual appointments that come in or then what we've done is basically similar to what you do. It's uh, corporate has brought us out to do things, to put, to set programs for them that we can then circle back and that they, uh, that they can monitor and prove. Um, we have a lot of technology that we use that, that you're familiar with us. And the example I always joke around with is a Fitbit, right? Everyone says, well, I want to count my steps. Mm-hmm. You get a pedometer for two bucks. It's called a spade to spade. Fitbit is because it looks cooler. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it's what, what does 10,000 steps mean, right? You got to use technology for the right reason, whether it's for virtual consults mm-hmm. or for tracking or for productivity. There's yeah. so many things you can now do where it might seem like a, a lot of commitment, but in the long run, um, it's not. And so, yeah, so, so if people want to, you know, they're listening and they're like, hey, I want to see what these things are. The one I would direct them to our website, you know, www.carbonworldhealth.com. And then they can link through there for um, scheduling virtual consults, or they can send us information of, hey, do you know people that are doing it locally or what do you suggest? And um, we're here to help in whichever way we can. Yeah, unbelievable story. And, you know, this podcast, it covers so many different things. And, you know, I appreciate you you taking this time. I mean, obviously, talking about your story, your upbringing as as a young kid, pursuing your vision, and obviously not just becoming a doctor, then becoming a successful businessman, an entrepreneur, getting involved with the community, giving back, and obviously talking about embracing this technology virtual. I mean, very enlightening. I think People are going to gain a hell of a lot of information from this podcast. So obviously, Nestor, uh, very grateful for your time that you gave us here. Episode 7 of Yes, I Am a Closer podcast. So again, those of you that are looking to improve your life physically, mentally, make sure you reach out to Nestor Rodriguez and Carbon World Health. Go to the website. We'll put a link in the description here for you. Make sure you, you subscribe to, to their services. I can tell you as a client of theirs, and I'm actively involved with Carbon World Health, 
It truly does change your life. And I attribute a lot of the success I've had to having people like Nestor take, you know, looking after me and coaching me. And again, me not being afraid to ask for help. So again, you know, Nestor, I, I can't thank you enough, uh, obviously as a dear friend and also uh, as potentially a colleague and someone that uh, I'll be able to work alongside with moving forward. And, and I appreciate, uh, you know, and, and like you mentioned, I hope people, whether they reach out to me or not, that they've learned one bit and, and to realize that small changes in the right direction are going to get you way ahead than you ever thought and just evaluate your situation truly. And from this podcast, we've talked about it. A lot of these, you know, if people are geared up or pumped or they want to learn certain specific, usually, you know, we can talk about certain specific stuff. We covered a lot. But yep. same like in sales, right? You guys dive in deeper. And if it's something people will want, you know, we can work on stuff like that too. Um, anywhere from sleep to sex drive. Yeah, exactly. That's a hot topic, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I just got to throw that in there. Yeah, exactly. That's what sells, right? Exactly. <laughs> All right. All right, Nestor, I appreciate your time. And to our viewers, as always, yes, you are a closer. Uh -huh.